Hello, beautiful, and welcome to another episode of Beautiful, I Am Colored. This is a place where I share stories from my debut book that holds the same title as this podcast. I'm honored that you have returned to hear more of my stories, and thank you to those of you who tuned in last week. I appreciate your support. For those interested, you can follow me on Instagram at beautifulimcolored. And also, if you like what you're hearing each week, consider adding me as a favorite, following me on Instagram, or being a monthly supporter of this podcast. This week, I will be sharing two more stories from my book, Beautiful, I Am Colored. But before we begin, as you know, each week, a little bit of business. Copyright 2022 by E.D. Booth, also known as Evelyn Barnes. All rights reserved. No part of this book may be reproduced in any form or by any electronic or mechanical means, including storage and retrieval system, without the written permission of the publisher. Masters. Now what? That's right. I finished. I graduated May 2014 with a master's in education, and now I'm a stay-at-home mom. Our oldest is in college, and we're getting ready for the next one to graduate in 2016. You could say that our life will be drastically different in about four and a half years as we will embark upon the next season of life, empty nesters. We moved back to Arizona last year, and trust me when I tell you, it was not a place that I wanted to move back to. Don't get me wrong, we've always done well here, but neither Marlon nor I wanted to develop roots in this state. We have always had our hearts set on digging roots in Colorado. It was the one place we mutually agreed to move back to if we were given the chance because we both liked the climate and the mountains. I think the move back to Arizona was something I needed. Although things were going very well for us in New Mexico, I was so incredibly unhappy and borderline depressed. We had no close personal friends, no church, and I can't even begin to tell you about the stress that comes along with working full-time, going to school full-time, while trying to maintain the role of mother and wife. I am not an extrovert at all, so to reach out for help is just not in my DNA. I have an I can do it by myself mentality, which I have since learned is very damaging, not only to myself, but to my family as well. The entire time we lived in New Mexico, I felt as if I were living in a fog, going through the motions, but detached from true meaning and purpose. Don't get me wrong, I'm very proud of myself for completing the degree program, but toward the end of our time in New Mexico, I had begun asking myself, what next? And I remember thinking that there must be more to life. I want to truly matter and leave an imprint, but how would I go about doing so? Reflective question. Do you feel there is more for you to do? That there is more in your life to accomplish? What and how? author's comments. So in the previous story um, that I just shared, 
um, masters now what I I have always been an advocate for education like going back to elementary school like it's just been a huge huge passion of mine to seek education and for me I learned best in controlled environments like a classroom setting um, to where you know I can kind of intently focus have assignments because I thrive in structure and so I'm one of those people that if I could go to school for the rest of my life I definitely would just because I really do enjoy the learning process and I and I enjoy learning how to apply it to my life but at the same time I realized from a personal development um, standpoint that is not just about like when you go to when you go to school, you know, just getting that degree. Right. There are other components that 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 make you you. And I think that's the frustration back then that I was going through. It's kind of like, OK, yeah, you were or a teen mom. You overcome that. OK, wonderful. Great. Um, you got your bachelor's after you were a stay at home mom. OK, wonderful. Great. Uh, now you just got your master's. Wonderful. Great. But then there was also still this incredible void because I hadn't really come into the full potentiality of who Evelyn was because as you've heard throughout the weeks, there was like all of these things, right, that contributed to the me that I was becoming, but I hadn't yet reached the me that was the future me. Um, and hopefully that makes sense the way I'm, the way I'm explaining it. And so it's taken and it's still like it's a daily work and progress to where, you know, constantly doing self-assessment, constantly doing things that, you know, fill me up so that I can become a better me. And for me, that always entails, you know, intention and purpose and meaning. And for me, if I don't have a sense of meaning and purpose attached to something that I'm doing, I sincerely believe that it's a waste of my time. Um, And I understand that doesn't go for everybody, everyone listening to this, that doesn't apply to you. But just to contextualize like where I was mentally, um, it was that frustrative friction, you know, that comes with the person you are currently are and the person that you are, you feel like you're becoming or want to become, but not necessarily being equipped with the steps, like the details in between. And it's that in-between timeline that is so incredibly frustrating, right? Because goals are very important to me. So I'm trying to reach this goal, but oh my gosh, like it seems like the path is not clear. And I have since learned, and I will say still learning because I don't ever believe we reach, you know, a full place of of completion until we move out of this, you know, physical body. But the thing that I'm, I'm still learning is that you really have to, as cliche as this sounds, you really do have to make up in your mind to be content and enjoy the process. And I know in the personal development arena, a lot of people, speakers um, on much larger platforms, you know, talk about this. The process is where that baby is made, you know. And and I can say that I can attest that that is true because once you reach the goal, it doesn't even feel like, you know, a huge goal. For example, like this podcast which I'll unpack this at a later date. But, you know, so many people have already provided me feedback, which is somewhat overwhelming, I have to tell you. But it's that step, right? Like, yeah, you know, the process of getting to this point was like, you know, very stressful at times and strenuous, but pushed you to it. But it's kind of like once you do it, you're just doing it. It's almost like an automated type of feeling. 
Um, I said all that to say that you may be in a place, you know, where you're frustrated, you know, with where you are because you don't have all the steps, right? It's not very clear to you. What I will say in my experience is if something has, you know, come to you in terms of who you're becoming, like the future you is calling out to you, right? Just take one step, one step towards whatever you're hearing. Take one small step. And what I found is that when you take that one small step, the next thing is revealed. It's like taking taking a, a step in darkness, but once you take that step, the next step is illuminated. I hope I hope that you can hear what I'm saying. And so that's what I'm finding out. The future me is calling me and pulling on me so strongly that I personally I have no choice but to do whatever I'm led to do each and every day, each and every week. Um, and so I hope and pray that that's the same for you, but I think in the master's now what story for the contextualization of it, that definitely what was going on with me, um, at the time. End of author's comments. Growth continued. Growth is one of those sexy words that sounds good when people say it, but the truth is that growth is painful. It's happening again. I can feel myself dying. This happens to me each and every time I experience growth. It doesn't matter if that growth is natural or spiritual. It's a feeling of being caught between the present you and the you who is becoming. There's fear, turmoil, frustration, sadness, and sometimes grief. All of these emotions are associated with the dying of self to become someone new. How did I know it was growth? I knew because everyone was getting on my very last nerve, and I do mean everyone from co-workers to the kids to strangers I was meeting to people I served on boards with, I found it easy to blame everyone for contributing to my state of unsettledness and restlessness. When something becomes almost everyone else's fault, you can bet your bottom dollar that the real culprit is you. For me, I was frustrated with working a job I hated, which only lasted six months. And the struggle to find what I was truly passionate about. I had tons of ideas and I had started and stopped writing so many times I lost track. I had written notes, journals, and laptops, storage devices full of things I wanted to say, but was frustrated with myself for not being consistent in bringing my ideas to fruition. Sometimes when we get to that place of frustration and blame shifting, We need to take an assessment of ourselves and get to the root cause of what's happening internally. There were a few things going on with me. I was at a place in my career where the climate was shifting politically and it seemed as if everyone had a place to be except me. I know now that wasn't true and I think I logically knew then it wasn't true, but this is the game we allow our minds to play on us. And ultimately, it distracts us from what we should be doing 
and limits our creative capacity. I've never been afraid of hard work, but this time it felt different. I knew there was so much pressure on the next thing I did and felt the awesome responsibility of it if I were to mess things up. I hate making mistakes and was starting to reflect on being too old to make mistakes that could cripple me or our family financially. Although none of those things proved to be true, I had already made up in my mind all of the possible ways in which I could fail instead of focusing my energy and efforts on what it would be like to soar and ultimately succeed. But you see, that's the issue with growth. If we are not careful, we will sabotage our future by letting our imaginations run away with negativity, so much so that we don't even test the hypothesis. I'm not saying that ideas and next steps shouldn't be researched, well thought out, and budgeted for. Those things are given. Here's another example of growth that I can recall. Do you remember when I told you about the infidelity in my marriage? Well, I knew the day would come when I would have to face to face with her, the other woman, the one that I had dreaded seeing all these years. I mean, damn, it had been over 20 years. It was my son's senior year, and as a result, he had been nominated to be a part of what I consider to be a prestigious black event. So here we were, not just me, but Marlon too. As a part of the interview process, at least one parent had to be present, but my son wanted both of us to be there. So here we both were sitting at the same table as the other woman. It appears her son too was nominated to participate in this event. I didn't speak, but as you can imagine, a myriad of thoughts passed through my mind. What is Marlon thinking? Is he going to speak? Should I speak? We're not buddies though. I don't hate you, but I also don't like you. What the hell did he see in her? Damn, he's lucky I have all my stuff in correct order, body-wise that is. And I'm sure I had even more thoughts than that. But the one thing I was so proud of was that I didn't feel anything. Had it been the year before, or even a few years before this encounter, my heart might have been racing, and I also might have gotten pissed at Marlon and relived the whole humiliating act of what happened 20 years ago. But I didn't feel anything. It was great. All these years had passed, and I had finally gotten over it. The betrayal, the dishonesty, him not living up to his promise to me that he wouldn't hurt me. I sat there waiting, waiting for them to call us back for our portion of the interview. And nothing, nothing happened. I knew then that I was experiencing a level of growth and freedom. I had literally faced my fear. Evelyn for the win. Reflective question. How do you know you are growing and or changing for the better? What does it feel like?
author's comments for growth continued. Okay, so I think growth continued, the, at least the first part of that section speaks for itself. So this week, I want to expound upon the day I saw the other woman. So I kid you not. So I explained to you about, you know, uh, we had to go through this interview process, you know, as the parents of, you know, the son or whatever. And the interviews were held at a local school. And I don't know what it was that particular day, but like inside, I was already kind of feeling like a little, I don't know, it was something there, but not being there. Like, I didn't know what it was, but it was something there that I could sense. So we get to this school and, you know, find out where we need to go. I go up to the steps and I'm like, oh my God, this is not happening to me like right now. This, not today, really. And so the funny part about it is like my self-confidence at that point had had grown so much, like exponentially. And honestly, what I credit my growth in terms of my self-confidence in was a a job that I had um, at the time. Um, A city council aide position puts you in the public arena. Like so you're you're kind of forced to be out there depending on your role in the office. You're kind of forced to be out there, um, even if you are like an introvert um, like myself. But in that in that particular role, it really trained me to become like an ambervert. So I could adapt to when I needed to be on, I could be on. But ultimately, like that's that's not my how can I say my first (laughs) personality trait. Um, And anyway, so getting back to this, uh, walking up to the steps. So and sitting down and in my mind, I'm like, first of all, I was feeling myself and I was like, well, at this point, like I said, my self-confidence had grown and, and how I was viewing myself had grown. So I was like, I kind of know I'm kind of big things popping to myself, like not in an arrogant sense, but I kind of already knew that. And so when I sat down, all of the things that I had imagined, like what it would be like to like face her, like you don't understand. It was magical. Like none of those things that I had imagined were present, like none of them. I didn't feel inferior. I didn't feel like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, bad about myself or you know like none of those things I well the one thing I would say that I did feel was like really questioning like how in the hell did you did you do that you know like to me and so (laughs) it was kind of more of that sense of um how can I say um Kind of that sense of, yeah, overcoming, but then kind of like throwing a mic down. Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I cannot rap, but straight up, if I could rap, I could do a whole thing on this. Now, I probably could write a rap, but I I just, it wouldn't come out, you know, (laughs) the right way. The bottom line is, I have felt so good in that moment that it did not mean anything. But the other part of the story that I wanted to tell you is that, like, you know, we went through that. And neither one of us, meaning Marlon nor I, said anything about it until later in the day. And we were trying to kind of just talk through, okay, like, you know, what just happened? How do you feel? How do I feel? And it was another, for us, it was another growing point in our relationship, you know, because clearly you can imagine he was nervous. You know what I'm saying? Like, am I going to pop off? You know what I'm saying? Am I going to rehash the 20-year-ago situation? And and it, and that didn't occur, you know, and so that was a pivotal point, um, I think, in our relationship in terms of healing as well as growth to where it's kind of like, OK, 
you can breathe a little bit better. Now, let me be clear. Ain't nobody trying to be friends with nobody like that. Like, I hear good stories in the social media arena about, you know, people being friends and all. I'm not being your friend. I'm not being your friend. Like, I don't do that. However, I have it a place to where, like, I'm at peace with it. If I was to see you again, like, or see her again, rather, I would not speak. Because, like I said, we're not friends like that. But it wouldn't be a situation where I want to pop you in your mouth either, you know. (laughs) I'm sorry for laughing, but, man, it just tickles me. Because this has been some years ago now that that occurred. But um, I know I'm being a little silly this week uh, with a kind of serious story. Um, But hopefully, you know, that sheds some light on the Growth Continued um, segment for this week. And that concludes the stories for this week. Um, I hope that you have enjoyed them. But more than anything, as always, I pray that you have found a sense of hope and healing. Again, if you like what you're hearing, um, please consider uh, following me on Instagram or uh, adding me as your favorites. Um, and I guess until next weekend, um, but please remember the future you is waiting on you. The person you have always known is there, but maybe you shied away from, they're waiting on you to show up right now. So take a step. If some still small voice is telling you to do something, follow it. Okay, that's all I have for you this week. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Um, I will talk to you. I was going to say see you, um, but I'll talk to you again next week. So until next time, beautiful. Have a great week, everyone.